Hi there, you're listening to the Conversations with Uncle Kevin podcast. This is a podcast that inspires dreamers to pursue their passions and inspire their journeys. My name is Kevin Masundir and I'm best known for my YouTube channel, Uncle Kevin Reacts. In this podcast, I sit down with achievers, overachievers and doers to talk about their process, lessons they've learned and how to make an impact. Something else in here. Oh, okay. Uh, one, two, three. Yo, what up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Maria. She's a producer, <laughs> businesswoman. What else? <laughs> Welcome production to my podcast. Manager. All right. Uh, a producer, production manager, and the business owner. All right. If you know me, you know I suck at intros. So <laughs> there we go. How are you doing today? Oh, you're not going to do it again? No. <laughs> they know. This is how it starts. If you listen to the other ones, they're even yeah. worse. Okay, fine. Let me do it again. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. That's good. All right. It's authentic. Authentic. <laughs> yes. Nice. So, how are you doing, ma'am? Ma'am? Ma'am. Ma'am. <laughs> Madam. Oh, man. Uh, I'm good. I'm just... Uh, we were complaining about the prices of living. I'm just bummed. <laughs> Vancouver, that's for you. Why not move to Coquitlam? It's like... I think five hundred dollars for a whole condo. No way, for I'm real. Playing, I'm playing. It's like oh, well, it's, too, like, it's too expensive. Y- but. You just got me like I'm like oh started rethinking my whole like decision. So I'm like maybe Coquitlam is worth it. It is, <laughs> but it adds up on transport. Because well, it uh, depends what you do, right? But you don't work from home. I do, but I also have to travel. So like, you know, we just had a shoot on Monday and that was in Surrey and now I'm here. And, you know, like, and then we just had a call with somebody who's like in Richmond. So we'll go there and like, we're all over the place. So. So, yeah, it doesn't work. Okay. So would you consider moving to Kukitlov? If If I were to buy a property in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But otherwise it's like... No. <laughs> you stay downtown? Yeah, I I want to stay like I would like to stay in the vicinity just because it's just I like being close to the livelihood of the city. I like being close to like having my hand on a pulse of the city and being like okay, yeah, things are happening around me, right? Because otherwise you feel like you're in a village and nothing is happening. So then your drive is down and your motivation is not as high cuz you're like mm, no one's doing anything. But we've had two years of nothing. What are you doing downtown? Wait, it, it hasn't been two years. It's been like maybe a year. There was no. a bit of a depressing moment in the beginning. It's been March 2020. Now in November 2021. Yeah. That stretch. Okay, fine. Downtown is like, downtown Vancouver, they never took COVID seriously though. Just saying. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. I remember, you know, like supermarkets were enforcing masks Mm -hmm. and people were just like showing up without masks the whole time and like nobody would like stop them in the very beginning Mm -hmm. and i'm like weren't we told to do this (laughs) you know so yeah there's this whole chunk of time when people in in downtown were just like yeah we're gonna keep doing what we're doing i don't know what you're talking about you're interfering with my lifestyle Mm -hmm. so yeah it was definitely took some time adjusting and how was that for you Were you scared? Mm? How how was your COVID experience? Was it spooky? I think in the very beginning, I got so depressed and anxious Mm -hmm. because I didn't know how to make money. I had all of a sudden no source of income. Mm -hmm. And I 
didn't know what this thing was, you know, like, and honestly, I feel like being, <laughs> it's like, so I feel like this is such a resemblance of our new generation yeah. is that rather than being scared for my health, I was scared for my money, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I don't care if I'm going to be sick, yeah. but if I ain't able to pay my bills and my rent, I'm going to be homeless. So that's much worse. And like, in my mind, that was giving me so much anxiety. And I remember like the first two months before we had the, the government support, I was just like, I was just sleeping every day because I was so anxious that you would have like an overload of anxiety. Oh, yeah, and oh, yeah. I would just like take naps all day, every day. Cause I'm like, I can't deal with this. I can't deal with this. And how is it like when, when you'd walk out, like I know downtown is usually packed and then was it empty or? It was like a ghost town. It was so eerie. It was actually, we, um, when, you know, remember people were like banging the pots yeah. for the first half of it. So me and my friend, my business partner, we went out to, um, the St. Paul's, mm -hmm. um, hospital. And, uh, we basically filmed through, there was this day when everyone went and like was thanking the um, healthcare workers and like first responders in general. And so we just happened to know that that was happening. So we went and filmed COVID-19 healthcare heroes. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just like something that we did for fun. Yeah. And it was so cool because we've managed to capture these moments of like people like just clapping yeah. and like banging pots and whatnot. And the, you know, like the nurses are just like crying because they're like... <laughs> Thanks. No one ever you know? cared for me before this. <laughs> yeah. Now you see me. Yeah, it was it was bizarre because everything was empty oh, yeah. and everyone was just at home. And like, yeah, I became really familiar with my neighbors across the street routine. I can see them from my windows. Yeah. So I would know every single neighbor what they're doing every day. Oh, yeah. that, that, <laughs> that must be tough. And then for your business, how how was oh, it? Oh man, it sucked. All we right. tanked so bad. We tanked. Like never before. <laughs> so did, did you guys have, because I know a lot of business struggled. Did you have to make like adjustments that will affect you post COVID or rethink the whole model? Well, we didn't necessarily like everything froze, mm -hmm. you know, like it felt like everything went in a state of comatose. Like we just cease to exist for like a year and because our business is so visual yeah. and because we don't you know like tiktok blossomed in covid because everyone was filming their own content on yeah. their own yeah. but for us our content is created with other people you know yeah. and we have to be within the proximity we can't just have like you know, telelens that they use in animal planets to yeah. like film people, <laughs> yeah. you know, from another room. Like we have to be close and the scarcity, the uncertainty, and like there weren't even a talk of vaccination to begin with, you mm -hmm. know, like obviously people are like, okay, yeah, we need to get vaccinated, but how and what was still not a thing. Yeah. So we just literally came to a screeching halt oh, yeah, and oh, nothing, yeah. nothing was happening. And so after we came back to, well, I would call it normal. Mm -hmm. It's just like really making sure that now rather than having one-off projects, we have, we, it's always been the goal to have recurring projects, but now we are really like persuading and pursuing our clients to be like, 
you must have multiple projects because, well, first of all, it's good for them to have consistency. Yeah. But then it's also safety for us that we're going to be able to be confident that there is going to be a job for us in the next month and the next month, right? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And and like now, I'm guessing you guys, as you say, do you guys make your own content for like your business or it's just mainly client work and stuff like that? Well, the goal is to be making our own content. But the thing is, it's, you know, it's all about how much time do you have on your hands? And there are other production companies that have their own content that they just make in their free time. But usually those companies have more employees. Whereas with us, you know, like we're smaller. Mm -hmm. So the goal is to be making our own content. You know, like we do have plans for it. I've started a blog since Mm -hmm. last time we spoke. I've started one. And so now I can put out written stuff. And then, you know, like my next step is something like this. But it's once again, it will be like a different kind of content, right? Because... You got to be very careful as a production company not to make mediocre quality content. Oh, yeah, yeah, because, yeah, we, then, we do judge. <laughs> yeah, a client is going to see it and be like, why is this shot on iPhone 6S, you know? like, <laughs> Oh, you can make it. I just say, how to shoot content in an iPhone 6S? Yeah, well, yeah I mean, Ooh, sure. And <laughs> it's a good idea. Don't steal my idea, but... <laughs> I most likely won't. I'm sorry. I sold my 6S <laughs> for like 25 bucks yeah, <laughs> on Marketplace. This was, <laughs> <laughs> this was my time. This is my thing. I'm sorry. Just a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's pretty cool. And then, like, what's your blog about? I have three divisions that mm-hmm. are my uh, current avenues that I think I'm, I feel the most comfortable writing in. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is just my commentary on videography in total and, you know, like the production. So it can be anything from, you know, I have my first post that I published was uh, the value of having a video for your business in 2022. Mm -hmm. Um, Currently I am writing a blog about a post about the difference between raw files and final project. What is a raw file? When people request it, which happens very, very often, usually they don't understand what they're asking for just because they heard it somewhere and they ask for it. But at the end of the day, they will most likely never even touch it when they finally see it because it's just like raw metadata like it's just raw data out of your camera you know like sometimes the audio is not even synced because the audio is recorded externally so you have all this weird footage that like is cut you know like starts on my face and then it rotates you know like and obviously we will cut it up but that's kind of like the videography you know like why is it important what is it you know like certain kind of lingo because we find that because we're a small business, we work with a lot of small businesses as well. Mm-hmm. And usually those people who come to us, they have either haven't worked with a production company before, mm-hmm. but they work with freelancers or they haven't done any work before. And so the communication is always kind of like a hiccup that we need to get over because we try to not be too technical. We try to use the lingo that is common knowledge, but then sometimes, you know, like they would ask for something. Mm-hmm. And we will misinterpret it because we don't understand what they ask for. So we will make sure that we clarify. And then when we do clarify, it turns out to be something completely different than from what they thought that word meant. So that my other avenue is just a small business in general. You Mm. know, uh, (laughs) we were talking about how (laughs) stupid we were in the beginning without getting the right documents and stuff like that. Mm. So I feel like I would like to cover 
the basic idea of like what it takes to at least get started right. based on my experience. And then if you wanted to have a production company, just my observations and like my mistakes that we've done and what I wish we knew when we didn't know. And then the last one is just how Ridley film does what it does, right? Like how do we approach testimonials? How do we approach your brand strategy? How do we approach a new clients in the discovery call? So kind of these three avenues. And, uh, right now I'm just in, I have already prepared my topics, but I'm just need time to write it now. Where do you find the time? <laughs> I sound, don't. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> you sound busy. <laughs> I, yeah, I, it takes a while. It takes me like a full week to write like 500 to 600 words. <laughs> and then you have to edit it down. I have a virtual assistant. She does it. Wait, how? How do you like from where? From Fiverr and stuff? Or is it like. No, we have a really awesome girl that came on our um, team. Oh, yeah. Um, so she, she helps me out with like different things. Um, we can't really, you know, like bring her on board full time because of our size, but she finds value in our company and I really find value in her. She is uh, phenomenal. And so I, you know, like sometimes task her with, you know, because I'm ESL and she is not, yeah. <laughs> you know, I just sometimes ask her to read my stuff and, see if it makes sense but also i value her opinion and i value her you know expertise so she usually gives really solid feedback what is esl esl yeah it's someone who is not a native english speaker uh, <laughs> yeah okay i'm esl um <laughs> wait i never ask yeah. where is like where are your roots from My roots. i'm from zimbabwe okay so in zimbabwe how many languages is we have Shona, Debele, and English. Okay. And then you practically have to grow up speaking English because that's like the common language around the country. But it's not really your first language. Depends. Some houses, they force it on their kids because the better English you have, the better opportunities you have as you grow older. But Makes then sense. in other houses, they're super traditional to say, this is not our language. Speak our language. Interesting. But yeah. would you say that like, you know how in India, English is also like super prevalent. So one day would speak, um, you know, like in India, they would sometimes mix in English words, mm -hmm. right? Do you guys would say that that's something that you've noticed happens as well? Oh yeah. Cause, uh, so with, with Shona, they call it a stealing language. So it doesn't have, how do they put it? The way it's constructed is if say you say a word and we cannot think of any word <laughs> in, in the language, we just take that word. That word becomes a Shona word. So like driver, it's literally driver in, yeah. <laughs> in the language because those were not things that were there. So a lot of things that came like out of colonial this, colonialism that were not traditionally there, things like cars, things like. Oh, yeah, because the language didn't really evolve yeah itself it's just a cuss like it just took in yeah, the external words in, yeah so they'll just take it like okay i do not have time to think of this driver <laughs> i know day. you know what it's funny because like in ukrainian we had this whole fight uh of creating words for the new things because right. in ussr ukrainian was considered a peasant language and like you're supposed to be speaking russian as you know 
the language of USSR. Yeah. And so now, you know, like, let's say the word helicopter mm -hmm. in Ukrainian, if you were to speak like fluent and like very crisp, clean Ukrainian, mm -hmm. you know, like you would not say helicopter because like in Russian helicopter is vertolot, which yeah. means basically rotate and fly. Mm -hmm. And then like in Ukrainian, we have adopted this way of just russification, we call it russification of like words. Mm -hmm. So we would take a Russian word, but we would just pronounce it differently. Yeah. And we would say vertolit instead of vertolot, oh, right? Yeah. So like, oh, now it's Ukrainian. <laughs> but then we had this whole thing. It's like, oh, we don't have our words. Oh, yeah. So we started creating words. And now we have this ridiculous word for a helicopter, which is gwintokril, <laughs> which basically means raptor's like wing, you know, yeah. like and it just, it's just so random, but like, yeah, we have the same issue where the language did not, um, evolve. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That, 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 that's for us. Yeah. People laugh at you if you do that, like, cause we call it, um, so it's Shonglish, which is Shona mixed with English. Mm -hmm. And depending on, so like if you're wealthy, you speak fluent the Queen's language because... We're, what is the Queen's language? Uh, isn't pure English because we're colonized by Oh, Queen, okay. Yeah, 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 never so mind. I'm like, Queen's Queen, so, language. Yeah, you speak the Queen's language and then the commoners language, they mix because a lot of times people don't really conversate in English because right. your grandmas, they mainly speak vernacular so when you're a kid you only speak in that but if you're wealthy then it's your whole neighborhood speaks english and, and this is fascinating as hell <laughs> yeah <laughs> wow. and then, so as you grow older and you start to mix that's where those challenges start rise because for some people it's i never had to speak this language why and then you speak that way with mixture mixing the words and then for these other people it's okay i don't know they'll literally say i don't know shauna and then like so how do we conversate like <laughs> but yeah people then just come start coming up with slang and then that right. way you're able to balance it but if you want opportunities then the queen's english is damn is more prominent but well yeah. either way yeah both ASL then <laughs> yeah you, you just have to learn both it's like english second language i think that's what it stands for maybe yeah so, esl esl okay i take it i didn't know i don't know how the stars <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it out. So why did you leave Ukraine for Canada? I had an opportunity presented by my family mm -hmm. and we had a lot of family members come to Canada mm -hmm. and the process is just so much easier than the States. Right. Yeah. So we just decided that like my mom is, she loves Canada for all of us, but herself. <laughs> um, so yeah, like a lot of my, my family is here in Canada, but mm -hmm. like, I don't get to see any of them, but they're scattered across Canada and they've all been moving here. And it's just, it's just like an easier place to go. And it's a better country, better life. And I feel like it's just a common theme in my family. Like oh, it yeah. literally just started and then no one was like, oh, let's diversify and go to like Germany. It's like, yeah. no, we're all coming to Canada. That's nice. At least, so you don't go for like Christmas, holiday, what's it called? Holidays and stuff? Yeah. I mean, my family flies here quite often, mm -hmm. so I don't really need to go back. Oh, okay. Um, but I 
I've missed a lot of family gatherings and like holidays and stuff like that, but it's, you know, it's the price you pay, but yeah, it's a little bit sad, but we are so spread out. It's, it's crazy, you know? So at this point to get everyone together, even the funeral will not do it. Oh, so. wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, do you have uh, like miss Ukraine? Like I'm done with Canada. No, no. I went back for the first time in seven years in 2019. Yeah. And I had a cultural shock and I was like, whoa, <laughs> I don't miss this. Like, it's pretty. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's delicious. Um, the food is the best, obviously, because I grew up with it. Yeah. And, you know, like I just have natural preference for it, for it. But I don't think I'd like to live there ever again. <laughs> I think I'm okay with visiting, yeah. maybe doing some business in there, but like, I don't want to live there, period. Oh, wow. Is the weather the same? I think I, I used to watch. Pretty much, yeah. It's cold though, right? Not really. Like it gets as cold as it would get in Toronto, mm -hmm. but like the summers, now everything is messed up, right? Like, yeah. but Double. the summers were really hot. The winters are really cold. But, you know, like, it's not like it's cold for a really long time. It's cold for, like, December. Mm -hmm. Like, half December, half January, and then the rest is, like, winter. But not, like, can't step out because my face will fall off from kind of winter. You know, like, it's very, like, reasonable. Because <laughs> I used to watch, like, the news and stuff, and then you'd see snowstorms in Ukraine. Yeah, like every now and then, like we have snowstorms in here too, right? Like, but Ukraine is like nowhere near Calgary, like, <laughs> you know, right. like, or like Quebec, mm -hmm. that would be like Siberia, like <laughs> Quebec. <Yeah. laughs> no, it's not that cold in Ukraine. <laughs> well, where I'm from, we don't even, like, if it's 20 degrees, you're okay. freezing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's here, it's like, it's minus 10. It's, it's four degrees and it's not even winter yet. I'm like, guys, <laughs> I love Canada. But, <laughs> but this is tough. <laughs> sometimes. Like, is it worth it? I don't know. Then you go back, you're like, nah, okay. I'll take the cold more than these issues that I have to deal with when I'm back home. Right. Yeah. But, that's kind of the same. So in terms of business, like um, film, is it all you do or you expand into something else? No, I love the medium. It's just like, it's it has my name on it, really. I, you know, like I find myself in many different departments mm -hmm. and different ventures of the same business, you yeah. know, like, well, I wouldn't even call it the same business because there's film and then there's production of like commercials and then there's mm -hmm. music videos. So I keep finding myself in all of these avenues, but I definitely think that whatever has to do with motion pictures you know like yeah. i'll take it <laughs> that that's your that's your thing and yeah you do music videos I, we did a few um just because like one of them was for my friends and i really believe in him and mm. he is really really good his vocals are great he has a lot of musical education and like he's just a really talented guy mm -hmm. um so i wanted to make something for him right. to kind of like support him but obviously also to like have something on file um uh, we've done a few more but it's just such a lucrative you know like completely different business and mm -hmm. like you would have to do only that you know and mm -hmm. i didn't think that i only wanted to do that mm -hmm. and like music is awesome but it's not necessarily something that i find myself like super passionate about but you can make a lot of money in there 
Really? You know, I have a camera. Musicians, I have a camera. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like it's like working your way up, whether you're a director or a producer or like a videographer. And then like we have a friend who just happened to come on set because one of the um, videographers called in sick. He came on set because somebody who was in the production knew him, invited him as just like a cover. And it ended up being the weekends, one of his first videos. Oh, and then nice. he ended up being his videographer wow. for like through and through, you know, so <laughs> you never know. Yeah. Hit me up. <laughs> I gotta, what, what do you do for music? Like who comes up, like they call it the story treatment, whatever. How, how? I don't know. Some people on drugs, like honestly, <laughs> the creativity that they have for those things, yeah. you know, like it is out of this world it, i am so in awe mm -hmm. and i respect people who are that creative so much because they can just take a song and they will come up like you know post malone's you know like music videos or mm -hmm. like honestly like literally any musician that has like decent production it's just like how did you think of this like what was how, how? Yeah, you know yeah, so yeah. it's just phenomenal like i find it, it's creative director's job but it's obviously also the artist input and many, many other people are creating their, you know, like inputting their vision. But mm -hmm. I just always found like, I remember every now and then if we have a music video, I would have to go and Google, how do people come up with scripts <laughs> for music videos? Yeah. I swear to God, if you look at my search history, yeah. you'll find how do people come up with script ideas for music videos? Cause yeah. how? Yeah. <laughs> I'll see like, what do they call them? behind the scenes of it and then it's like storyboarding well that's that's <laughs> a second step you need to yeah. come up with the idea for the storyboards right oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so the storyboarding is easy you know like you're like okay he's flying how do we see that right but yeah. the idea that he's flying came from somewhere and it's like where, <laughs> where? And, and a lot of times like i always watch videos of like my favorite songs like mm -hmm. i have an idea like this is this is where i saw this going and then yeah the video is going the opposite direction it's like, guys it's a love song what does it cars and thieves have to do with <laughs> what i'm watching or it's like we're in a club like no <laughs> yeah i know do it this way but like my, my roommate he always complains because people have a video you have uh, background and then you just have people dancing like come on do more you have you have the opportunity to do more but then i guess the production it depends on your budget and stuff yeah and i guess also your creativity because like you know maybe that's all you could come up with we're in the club and there's people dancing <laughs> but like um how much does your say you're very creative you come up with a concept do you need the people who can execute on it or do you need what? Like, uh, say you want people to be flying, but then you don't have access to the type of production where they can actually have people flying. Right. It's just Kevin with his camera. Like, I don't know. How yeah. I mean, you like if, when you're coming up with any concept and that none doesn't even have to do with music videos, just any concept, mm -hmm. you get to be as creative as your budget allows, yeah. you know, and then also as much as your resourcefulness allows. So if let's say you don't have the budget for the dude flying, but mm -hmm. it just happens so that your cousin has a green screen photo studio mm -hmm. and you know, like, you know how to like replace the background, all of a sudden you have that resource. So it's 
all about, it's like making short films, right? It's like, how do I make the most out of the least? And it's about having that creative vision and then refining it until it makes sense based on your budget and capabilities and resources. And then you work with small businesses. I know small businesses when it comes to budgeting, they're very stingy. How do you have those conversations? How do you build them? Um, usually, yeah, like it's tough when you deal with clients who pay their own money mm-hmm. rather than the company's money because then they count every single cent, right? Yeah. And so coming into a conversation with the clients, we usually already discuss what is it that they're looking for? Mm-hmm. You know, like what kind of video and what's the purpose of that video? And mm-hmm we ourselves have prices for certain things. And so like any other company, we have like a estimated cost per project that it would take us to make this thing happen. And then we have a conversation with the clients and we discover how much work it actually is going to be to record maybe this one interview, mm-hmm. you know, like here's how much our interviews are worth. That's the beginning. That's the base cost. Now, what is it that you want in that video? And they're like, Oh, actually we want more than one person or we wanted different locations or we wanted, you know, like separate days. Right. So that all factors into the price. And then we present it to the clients mm-hmm. and, you know, like we just tell them like, that's how much it'll cost. And usually they say, okay, makes sense. Let's do it. Sometimes they say that's out of our budget. And then we, you know, like renegotiate to be like, okay, like, are we able to condense this? Are we able to, you know, like take out certain things? Are we able to replace certain things? And, you know, like we try to like fine tune it to their budget because like, like you said, they're small businesses. So the money is important to them and, you know, they don't have much to play with and it's, they understand the value, but it's also, you know, they just don't have the means for it. So usually we just try to do what we can do and until we can't do anymore. And if, you know, like they're really stubborn and then there's just like, I want a masterclass and I have $800 and it's just like, (laughs) it's not going to happen. Unfortunately, you know, like we'll have to part our ways. Have you had situations (laughs) like that? Yeah, we had clients who, you know, like they would come in and they want like this and this and this, you know, like so many things. And we are just trying to explain to them and educate them that simply being on set is not what it takes. You know, like you also have the preparation, you have the editing, you have the revisions, you have the music, you have all of this movie magic that's happening in the post-production and you have all this organization and then you need all of that to come together on the shooting day so you can't just you know like say like oh but like why is it this expensive so we would have clients who would be super stubborn and would not understand and then you know like it's our job to do our best to educate but if we can't we'll just be like you know like unfortunately that's not in the budget that we can do this for we suggest to go with a freelancer perhaps. And there are a lot of wonderful freelancers in the city who can do this for you for the price that you're looking for. Just not us. You just too broke for us. We don't, we don't play with broke people. It's not even about <laughs> being broke. It's like about the demands that they have mm-hmm. for the amount of time it will take us. Yeah. It's just disproportional, you know, like we cannot do 
three days of shooting and like two weeks of editing with like 10 videos equal quality and then preparation and all of these like different you know like let's say actors and let's mm -hmm. like let's say also like makeup for like five hundred dollars you know like it's yeah. just like it's just madness yeah. like it's impossible <laughs> yeah, yeah well, i've always wondered how like small business do it because i used to work for a guy and like you give you a budget of like 100 bucks in and <laughs> You'd be like, cool, I'll go put gas in my car because that's how much it'll cost me just to drive <laughs> to this work. meeting. Yeah, you're like, come on, you have you have to spend a little bit more. But then for them also, it's like, I don't want to spend. Gotta, well, then, then, then that's their decision to think of other ways they can spend. If they don't have the budget, but they know they need to do something, maybe photography mm. would be a good stepping stone. And from photography, we spoke about marketing. Yeah. From photography, using marketing correctly, you will create the demand, maybe more sales, maybe bigger budget. Or, you know, like if you can't even afford photography, just, mm. you know, do your best, do it yourself. Create brand awareness and right. then hopefully more sales more budget you know like we've we've all been there it's you know like if you don't have an investment or initial capital yeah. you have to go like step by step by step and like we all get it it's just for us we are in a place we, we we're now above that step so we can't go back down we need mm -hmm. to keep going up bigger clients totally bigger clients and then how do you attract bigger clients as a small business Man, I don't know. If you find out, you tell me. <laughs> well, well, everyone is, try, is trying to save you. But I, I know like... Uh, okay. I mean, I know they're out there. And obviously, I understand how to find them. It's just, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of networking. And like, we're doing our best to knock on the right doors. Um, it's just, I don't know, it takes time. Um, determination time. And maybe I'm missing some something. Love to hear it from whoever knows it. Um and if someone is able to come in and help me for free. <laughs> uh, <laughs> See, <that's... laughs> How like when you're, when you're on set for like, you do commercials, right? And I see like, say they're BG of like, do you work through an agency or is it you have to go straight to the client? How does it work? For background? No, like for a commercial. But I guess you say you work with small. Like, you know how when you do commercials, yeah. there's there's the production mm -hmm. and then there's an advertising agency. So yeah. do you guys work with advertising agencies yeah. or is straight the client? Uh, it depends, obviously, but most of the time bigger agencies don't, sorry, bigger clients don't have the time to deal with the creative process themselves. Mm -hmm. They like to be involved in the decision-making process, but they don't want to be the ones kind of like putting in the work because they have much more important things going on to deal with. Yeah. So usually they are agencies that will be like a marketing agency or branding agency or video agency, whatever agency mm -hmm. that they are working with who have come up with a plan and decided that this project is important to the client. And so then they have a production company like ourselves mm -hmm. performing, you know, like, the project and then we will get back to the agency with our creative solution so the agency may say we want this yeah. 
And then we're like, okay, great. Here's how we're going to do this. But sometimes agencies like we want something along these lines. What can you do? And then we'll get back to them being like, here's our suggestion. We think mm -hmm. this would be really cool. That's how we envision it. Mm -hmm. And we present them with the idea. And if they like it and the client likes it, we just proceed. So it all depends, but usually bigger clients work through an agency. All right. And then through that process, so do you guys become like, uh, is it work for hire? Like who, who then dictates the making of the commercial? Um, well, the agency and the clients work as like a client, mm -hmm. right? Because the agency represents the interest of the clients, but the clients will always be the one calling the shots. So we are just a service provider. And then we have the client who is, you know, like that there's also like a middleman, right? That makes sure that we are working on time, delivering yeah. on time and quality products. And then when they send it to the client, the client communicates his, his or her notes, their notes, and then the agency being a specialist in the field also add their notes and then we do them. Okay. Is, is, is that process frustrating? Cause like when you're on set, you hear the director shoots in a certain way and then sends it out to like there are many people and then yeah. he just comes away frustrated like they don't like that <laughs> Do no it. well you, you will make sure that like by the time you are on set which is basically too late yeah. <laughs> you know you know exactly what you're doing right so you would have a pitch deck and then you would have a presentation deck and like you would have like a project um document in which you have the vision the technical specs, specs, the mood boards, the actors, the wardrobe, the makeup, the locations, the schedule, the scripts, the shot list, the storyboards. You would have all of that ready before you go to set because otherwise you're shooting in the dark. Yeah. I used to work in a advertising agency. So yeah. So it was always, Here in Canada? No, in Vancouver? Back, back home. So it was always interesting like when... I would pitch to the client who make this, do this, do this. And then when they approve it, it's just taken away from me. I'm like, guys. Uh, and then, so my boss will then explain like, okay, the person who's actually going to make the commission, it's not really us. It's going to go to the production company. And then what usually would happen is since I came up with the idea, I'm not there. And then when it's executed, when you take it back to the client, then they'll say, that's not what you presented though. And then so I was always fascinated in terms of how does it actually work the whole process? Well, that's interesting. Cause like usually the way it is, the agency will come to you and well, many, many different ways mm -hmm. that this, that that relationship can start. But let's say the agency knows that the client A needs a seasonal video for let's say Black Friday, mm -hmm. right? And they know that as per their brand Bible, the video needs to be bubbly and, you know, like upbeat and family driven. And so when they come to a production company, they say, we have an idea that this should be like a family all looking cute in costumes for, you know, like Christmas, but they're like shopping in the mall for Black Friday. And then we would be like, love the idea. What if ABC we add that, um, mm. what do you think? And then they give it to the client and then it's approved and then we shoot exactly what the client has approved. Okay. 
And the client says, nah, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to do it again. And then you guys are like, no, we don't have, you know, schedule for the next two weeks. Like, no, the commercials come out. In. Wow, that's interesting. And then do you follow like uh, technology side of media? Like well, in terms of what Facebook is trying to do? I don't know if you've been yeah, following that. Meta. Yeah, so Meta. So fascinating. Yeah, I'm stoked. I mean, like a lot of people are controversial about it and i understand why you know switching from reality and shutting it down just to be in your imaginary world you know yeah. it's it's um it's escapism really <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> but i find it so fascinating to be able to be in a new reality i mean everything needs to be done in moderation mm -hmm. but that just like it's going to be like black mirror, you know, like you're going to be in these glasses. And yeah. then if you don't pay subscription, like ads are going to be popping up <laughs> on your glasses, like blinding you and, you know, like preventing you from being able to see, see, you know, yeah, yeah. or like, you know, there's so much ad space that can be created in this virtual space, you know, yeah. like in ready player one, like when they were playing ads around your like <laughs> peripheral view, because you know, it's paid advertising space. Yeah. It's just like, there's so many opportunities for that. And it's, you know, like as someone who most likely works in advertising, they're like getting my ready name, for that. But name. also for video, it's going to be like, whoa, it's going to be so different. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm fascinated. It's exciting, disturbing, but exciting. <laughs> exciting. So do you guys prepare, do you guys see it as an opportunity that you'll be moving into like as the technology develops or... I'm Ooh. not that tech savvy. Yeah. My business partner is. Mm -hmm. So he's always the one who comes up with like new and cooler things that could be done. Mm -hmm. um, I don't necessarily see us moving into that space. And luckily we're still in the early beta stages of yeah. it. It would be cool to get on it. Uh, I just don't know. Like, I think you'll need to <laughs> be able to know what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, and we didn't really pay much time into like thinking, oh, thinking about it but it's definitely like such a cool thing and whoever gets on it is going to be like doing really well right, it's fascinating because what's happening with content right now i don't know the future is it's it's bright it's <laughs> scary because it's like attention right now is the, is the biggest commodity right but where we are going because i was listening to mark zuckerberg where he's like um the technology for virtual reality has moved so much, like when you started back in 2018, and then he wants to make sure that in five years, augmented reality is the same as virtual reality. I'm like, guys, wait, <laughs> <laughs> let's take a step back. <laughs> right? Like they're moving so fast. Yeah. But I wonder, almost makes me wonder, you know, like we have Oculus Rift and mm. whatnot, but that technology is you know yeah <laughs> yeah it, it, it you is know? He, he did say it like <laughs> so you know like what are the odds that we're gonna go so far so fast well how he put it was uh in five years so like with virtual realities like we've made strides to get to day one so now we're day one of 
the Oculus Rifts and whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, that's awesome. I mean, it, it would be great to see them improving yeah. upon the existing design and like whatnot. So yeah. I'm stoked, obviously. I, I'm just seeing, you know, like how virtual technology, you know, like the goggles are performing. And I, I mean, I haven't tried them in a long time, but yeah. the last time I've tried them, <laughs> a few like, like half a year ago or something, mm-hmm. It was still pretty like, you know, like it's cool. It's you sometimes forget you are where you are, and especially, you know, like those simulations when you're on top of a tall building or whatever, that's cool. You know, like your instinct kicks in and you want to like step away from the, from the edge, but is it that virtually real? Like Minecraft looks better, to be honest with yeah. you. Like, come on. <laughs> well, they're, they're working on it. I don't know. It's it's just because I want to get your take on it as a video person, video production. Because I feel like that's where it's still it's gonna when, when it, it comes. Is. It's like you know, it's the same with TikTok. In the beginning, it was I don't really think, and then I was like, okay, <laughs> you gotta be on TikTok. Yeah, totally. You you, you have to do it, and I feel like because the way. You was asked a question when we would get the Harry Potter glasses. We, I'm like, guys, wait, how? You have to drive or walk. That I guess was so. I love the Google glasses. The concept that they mm-hmm. came up with. I'm like, where are they? You know, it would be so cool to have those. But then it's like, safety wise, are they safe though? Because if you're walking and yeah, no, maybe that's why they're not available. You're, you're watching TV. You're watching Netflix. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's interesting. And then for your clients, like, do you guys come up with, like, do you keep them up to date to tell them, okay, say when TikTok came up, this is the new platform that you should be going for, or do you guys just say, okay, whatever you tell us, we do, or do you also tell them, like, oh, guys, there's this platform that's coming up and stuff like that? We give them our suggestions, definitely. It We always try to be cautious and played by ear because Mm. depending on the company you know like some of them pride themselves in being a certain way right like they are traditional and their brand is traditional and some companies are not afraid of making themselves look silly on Mm. social media for the chance of greater recognition so or not even looking silly, just like switching into a new platform. Like some companies just don't have the capacity to have a social media person to do it. Some companies don't find that their brand resonates with this, you know, like let's say TikTok. And some brands are like, yeah, sure, why not? So we play it by ear. We always suggest new outlets, but you know, like we can deliver any kind of content, but at the end of the day, if the brand is, you know, like a financial investor or whatever, mm-hmm. and if they're like hedge fund, you know, like yeah. if they're really up there, mm-hmm. I don't think they need a TikTok. A TikTok. You know, like <laughs> once again, it's all different. It depends like on what kind of person runs the company and like what kind of personality the company has. But we do our best to make a suggestion mm-hmm. if they're interested, we'll help. If they're not interested, we'll just do what they need to do. Okay. And then from a business side, how, this is an interesting question. Actually, How would you say you measure your performance? How do you, or how do you define your performance in terms of yourself? Like how would you define high performance in your industry? What does a high performance mean to you? Like, yeah. what is that? 
So like how would I define it? So in that's a tricky one. Yeah. Uh, well, what's your question? Because like, is it high performance meaning? you are well recognized high performance meaning you have a lot of views no in terms of yourself so for you for your workplace when you guys say okay now we're performing at a high level how would you define that the conversion of leads into paying clients i guess all right and then um like how to put it well, <laughs> uh okay like for you what would you say okay explain that think 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 say uh in terms of success how do you measure success for yourself not for the company but for myself yeah um i think oh wow uh let's say business related right Mm -hmm. i would say success would be definitely first of all seeing change in the business and that's a positive change you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) a good change so seeing change in business seeing um increase and maybe like cash flow um that's success seeing a growing list of returning clients Mm -hmm. and happy clients that's success um you know being able to offer better services every single time meaning whether it's better gear more people different positions to be filled with new people i think that's that's success and then also seeing that your team is growing and um they're all happy and they're all, you know, moving with you in the same direction. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty successful. You know, like when you're surrounded by people who believe in the same thing you do and you're able to pay them for, and they're happy where they are and they think they're doing exactly what they want to be doing. That's like so cool. All right. All right. All right. And then picking on that, like you now at a position where you hire people. So how do you make sure they perform at the higher level because a lot of times you find in businesses uh the quote is no one works harder on your business than the owner for some people it's just i need to work eight hours make this sort of money and go home how do you make sure your team doesn't fall off and they, they they're motivated and stuff i'd say ask me this question again in a year because we don't have you know people on payroll mm-hmm. we have freelancers it's a bit different um with our freelancers, we actually sign a contract that say <clears throat> that says um, there's a harassment clause, mm-hmm. and that basically means that I have no right to be, you know, like hovering over them and being like, "What? What are you doing? Why are you not working nine to five? Why are you working? Why do you clock in at twelve? You know, like at the end of the day, mm-hmm. if let's say it's an editor and they know their deadline." As long as they deliver on the deadline, they're good. You know, like if they deliver early, Mm -hmm. amazing, you know, they're getting paid regardless for their time. But if they deliver on a deadline, that's exactly what I ask for. So me coming into their lives, you know, like and texting them or calling them or emailing them being like, oh, I saw you online or I saw it on your story that you were like, in the movies, like, why are you not editing? You know, like that's, I put a clause in there in our, our agreement with our, with our employees, with our freelancers saying, I cannot control what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, your timeline, you know, you're, you know, like, you know, when things are due. So just do that. Okay. 
And then in that case, how do you, uh, what's it called? Quality control, I guess. Um, the deadline that we give our editors is different than the deadline we give our clients. Mm -hmm. So we, before, so the timeline that we give our editors is different than the timeline we give our clients. Mm -hmm. So it's not like a week separate, but we want to be able to see the products a little bit before it's time to deliver. And when we hire a new person, usually we have already checked their demo reel or resume, whatever. So we know mm. they're good. And we don't start with someone who, you know, like we have no, no idea what, what they, what their work looks like. So we already know we can trust them. And then, you know, like as we go, maybe sometimes we'll just ask for like a screenshot of, you know, like what it looks like and like, what is it the, like, how's the video looking, you know, like, or do you need any help, you know, like with maybe like logging footage, but usually they do it themselves. And then, yeah, like usually we just make sure that we hire right off the bat, the right person. Mm -hmm. And then we check in with them. And then, you know, like if they need any help, we help. And then we just look at the product. Most of the times it looks great. So we just send it to the clients and, you know, like that. That's, that's pretty Standard, helpful. I yeah. hope that helps someone in business. I, I, I'm not in business. Uh, I, yeah, I, right. Says the man with his own business of uh, <laughs> interviewing people. Well, I don't. I don't have a team yet. Because don't think, you have people editing for you? I do. Uh, but it's more <laughs> like, hey, friend, do it. But yeah, still, that's a team. Yeah, but I don't beat them up. <laughs> I don't pay. Them. I hope you don't beat them up. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't pay them. They're, That's they're, okay. They're pro bono <laughs> for now. But like, I've always found it interesting because you know, ever since I had that quote, like, no one works harder on your business as you do because. Well, I guess with freelancers, it's also their business because that's no, how. No, for most of the freelancers, it's just a job, right? Yeah. So that's why we like to have freelancers that are passionate about something. Mm -hmm. Let's say we have a photographer, she does our weddings, but she's super passionate about travel. Yep. So we just went to Tofino with her, Brayden, um, business partner, and then a couple of other photographers and a couple of models mm -hmm. just to shoot, right, so shoot some fun content. And, you know, she's now going to deliver amazing photos and we're going to have this awesome video. And now we're thinking about working with tourism a little bit more because that's one of the avenues we want to pursue. Mm -hmm. Well, I know a person who's going to be doing really well because she loves this, right? Yeah, so yeah. finding people that are passionate about something, even though they will not take this business as their own business, mm -hmm. they are going to do a really good job because they love it. They're passionate. Oh. It makes sense. And then what advice would you give to someone starting up if they want to find their own freelancers and stuff? Like, where would they start from? I would say um, you have a lot of friends around you, mm -hmm. depending on what kind of freelancer you need. But like you have your friend who helps you. Yeah. Right. And so you didn't have to look far. And yeah. I would say most of the times your friends, they're the ones who know you the most. Mm -hmm. And they know your passion, right? Yeah. They understand how much this is important to you. What I was going to say <laughs> is that you are surrounded by people who are your friends mm -hmm. and who know how passionate you are and how important it is to you. 
So rather than trying to go and find people on those websites where you can find work for free or for cheap, I would start with surrounding yourself with friends who can do that for you for at least a little bit at the beginning until, you know, like it becomes too much work or too much commitment. But all of our freelancers are our friends. And some of them are now, you know, like who come on board are not like close friends, Mm -hmm. but we started with just like a bunch of friends who are creative and they are willing to help us. And if they get paid, awesome. If they don't, they know we'll find a way to pay them soon. Yeah. And then like, would you say, where was I going with this? (gasps) It ran away. Um, Yeah. So would you say for someone, if they want to start a business, uh, just start or plan it before you start? I would say have a solid idea of what is it that you want to do, right? Like, do you want to sell something? Do you want to make something? Do you want to have a service? Have a solid idea and like an execution, how you're going to do it. Because you can't really like, I'm going to start a business of flying ships to the, like to to moon, you know, like I can't, (laughs) you know, like have an idea and then have like a bit of like, understanding how you're going to do it mm-hmm. and then start it just do it. And then, you know, like ideally you should learn as you go, yeah. but definitely you need to have a solid plan. You know, you can't just dive head, head into like head first into something without really finding out if that's something that you're interested in, because mm-hmm. if you just do it, yeah, you may later realize that you've invested time and money into something you don't like or you are actually not passionate about or you know like it's just too much work and you're not willing to put it in that business and what what are some lessons would you share with someone that you've learned in starting your own business i would say um first of all it's funny because I'm repeating myself from the last yeah. <laughs> conversation we've had, but it's basically the analogy that I like is a chair, which has three legs mm-hmm. and a chair can stand on those three legs because of the balance. And so me and my business partner are two legs to the chair, which works really well. It's amazing to have one partner. Um, but we are looking for someone else just because one of us can take a break while there's two more people working and it doesn't feel overwhelming. But I would say when you're starting a business, I'm not going to tell you to go get a partner or whatever, but what I find that was super helpful is to find somebody who is as equally passionate and interested in it and sharing the load with that person Mm -hmm. It helps you from being stressed too much about your day-to-day operations Mm -hmm. and being burned out early on and, you know, like becoming too fed up and just anxious over your business and basically burned out to the point that you feel like you don't want to be doing this anymore and then quitting Mm -hmm. simply because you were overwhelmed. So finding someone to run your business with, I find personally, especially when you're small is awesome. If you are like 
if you're a, like a genius yeah. <laughs> of running business, you've done it before and you, you don't need anyone. And like, that's totally awesome. But for someone who is just like a young adult like myself and starting a business that we don't really know much about in like trying to make it, I found it extremely helpful to have somebody I can rely on at all times who's going to be there to catch me and I'm there to catch them and help them. And they help me and they prevent it. We keep preventing each other from tipping over and quitting altogether because we know we actually love this. It's, it's just a matter of how much work can person do themselves. How, how do you find that partner though? You just find creative people around you and you just see who, who you vibe with the most, who do you click with the most, you know, who believes in the same things, who has the same values as you. And sometimes it takes a really long time. And sometimes you invite people who don't necessarily belong in your business because maybe they treat it like a job, you know, like you said, yeah. rather than your business. And so then it will be your decision to politely decline their partnership and keep going with your vision, mm -hmm. but you will always find that person. You just need to look like, honestly, you just have to keep looking and have a clear idea of what that person needs to do. Because a thing that I find is very important is to find a person who has complementary skills to yours mm -hmm. so that you are both specialists or proficient in different things and you're able to complement each other seven year old well not now it's a five-year-old because <laughs> we did the seven-year-old ones a five-year-old the first one is um what are your three non-negotiables three non-negotiables are um hmm i would say i would not want to sacrifice quality Yeah. Like I would say, I don't want to sacrifice the quality. Mm -hmm. Um, if it means that there's going to be less work performed, I'd much rather still have that quality mm -hmm. rather than just delivering whatever. Yeah. Another thing is I will never allow anyone to harass myself, my business partner, or my freelancers mm -hmm. from a client perspective or from any other employee or whoever within the company, harassment is non-negotiable. Mm -hmm. That's just not, no. <laughs> um, whether it's, you know, once again, whether that means where's the product, hey, I've been calling you, or something that's a little bit more personal, like bullying and stuff like yeah. that. Like none of, that's, that is a, none of that is acceptable. So I would not compromise on the quality of my product. I will not compromise on the mental well-being and physical well-being of everyone around us who work with us mm -hmm. and also clients. I would also say if any of my staffers feel like, uh, you know, being checking in with the client, being like, hey, why don't you pay? Like, why haven't you paid us yet? That's yeah. also not acceptable. And I think the third one would be just kind of getting stuck in the same thing, you know, when, and I, I, what I mean by that, it's, you know, just finding one thing that we're good at and doing just that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's important to be a master of certain thing, mm -hmm. but not allowing yourself to move with the times and progress. Like you were saying, you yeah. know, like 
keep up with what's happening, that's also not good because that's how you become a boomer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, is there a book you read that you'd recommend? Uh, yeah, there's so many books I really enjoyed. I would say the really cool book to read for a business owner. Mm-hmm. I mean, rich debt, poor debt, right? Think and grow rich. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the wealthy barber. Ooh, I read that one. Yeah. Um, and then uh, those are really good for like having a really good mindset. Yeah. And being inspired Mm -hmm. um, to try at least to shift. And then any book you can get your hands on in terms of business. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Like uh, for marketing, Jab, Jab, Right Hook by um, Gary Vee was pretty good. And you understand marketing a little bit better and like how advertising works. But there's, yeah, like there's lots and lots of good books available at your fingertips. Just buy them. We don't uh, promote piracy. <laughs> buy and support our authors. Uh, do you have quotes you live by or like you'd like to share with somebody? Dude, I'm going to get a tattooed on me. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a Ukrainian quote. Mm-hmm. I'm still figuring out how I'm going to tattoo it because I want it in a specific way. But it's a Ukrainian quote that direct translation, um, direct, direct translation is, if not through the door, then through the window. <laughs> which basically means like there's a lot of ways to un- like translate it and explain it to people but mm-hmm. the way I understand it and the way I like think about it is that if I can't get through one way I'll find another way right. you know it doesn't mean that I'm gonna like enter and <laughs> you know like steal your stuff and yeah. it's like it's not promoting crime yeah yeah it's like it's basically like if you don't want like me and i'll come through the pipes basically <laughs> like Either i'll find way. a way to get what i really want so yeah. like i really like that one um but you have a nice one over here it's uh be the change you wish to see in the world it's yeah. a good one all right, all right. <laughs> you should you, frame it <laughs> you, that's why i kept it like you won't believe how he came here, but <laughs> <laughs> is it like handwritten? Uh, no. So you know Canva, right? Yeah. So when you print something with them, the box they send you, it'll have quotes in it. No way. So when I opened it, I was like, ah, okay, I cannot throw this away. I'm keeping it. I'm keeping this part. That's pretty cool. Oh yeah, the the, the that stuff is decent. But yeah, that's that's my quote. This one or the other one I stole from Steph Curry, which is basically, I guess, the same as yours. Because Steph is, uh, he says, well, I can do all things. So it's like, that's his... his is that the quote? I can do all yeah, things? Yeah, I can do all things. So he cool. takes it from the Bible, which would be, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But then on his shoes, under the sole, like, I was just looking at it and like, wait. Because every time, you know, I don't know if you check your footprints when you're walking. So every time I walk, I'm like, there's this, this, this thing that's there on the ground. And then when I spun uh, it around, it's like, yeah. I can do all things. Whoa. I was like, oh, okay, Mr. Curry. That's so cool. <laughs> I'll, I'll steal this from you. But then I'm like, under armor. why put it under the shoe? <laughs> <laughs> Beats me. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, uh, why did this? What's the, so I asked you three. What's your golden rule? Eh. 
I don't know, man. What's yours? <laughs> uh, by any means necessary. Any. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so once again, promoting crime, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm playing. Uh, my golden rule is like, uh, it's 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 a thing I say to everyone. It's for me if you give me the opportunity. All I need is the opportunity. The rest is up to me. Like that's all I need. So my my rule is. Just make sure you get the opportunity to prove yourself because without the opportunity, you can have all the greatest intention, skills and anything. But it's like, give me the opportunity and then I'll do what I need to do. I'll figure it out. I'm more of a, so like you say, you plan, I'm more, I don't know how we're going to do it, but. Hey, it's a good one. You know, like, <laughs> we'll I don't know if we're going to get there, but I know we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, we'll <laughs> That's figure, a good we'll one to have. Out. Uh, I think, yeah, I, I like that. You know what? I do like that. It's just like, but it, I like the the one that goes, um, you miss 100% of opportunities that you don't take. Yeah. I like that one a lot. Oh, yeah, that, that, that one's good. It's scary, but it's good. Because <laughs> some, some, sometimes you, you're just there thinking, <laughs> do I want to do this? Do you experience fear at all when it comes to like pursuing your passions and stuff? Like, do you deal with anxiety and that kind of stuff? Yeah, daily. How how do you <laughs> deal with it? Um, you are you just acknowledge that you're anxious. Mm -hmm. You acknowledge that you're scared, mm -hmm. and you are you know, nice to yourself mm -hmm. and you are kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. You don't beat yourself up for being a human being and being scared and anxious. Yeah. And then hopefully through acknowledgement and acceptance, you're able to shift yourself into the action, meaning, you know, trying to do it still or taking baby steps or, just doing something to get out of that state, but slowly moving away from it. And if it's small baby steps, that's great. Mm -hmm. If it's a leap, that's awesome. But whatever it is, as long as there's action, you're doing great. Okay. That makes sense. And then if you are not into video production, what would you be doing? I would be an esthetician. A esthetician, whatever it's called. What is that? You know how all <laughs> girls love like messing with our faces yeah yeah that's what i would be doing really? <laughs> no i'm kidding um <laughs> i think if i wasn't into video production i i don't know man i would just uh, like i don't see myself doing anything else it's so bizarre you know like i've always thought that like am i in the right place but i cannot think of anything else i can do anywhere else in the world like right. i would be either miserable or really bad at it right. <laughs> you know that reminds me of like one like i'm into the ufc this guy he lost mm -hmm. and he took away he took off his uh gloves and threw them in the cage so that usually means you're retired oh, oh wow so and then people ask him 30 minutes later so does this mean you've retired he's like in those 30 minutes i thought i do not have any other skill <laughs> <So> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, would I eat? No, I'm not retiring, guys. But, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, because I feel like I'm the same. If I, if I wasn't doing this well, for a long time, I didn't do it. It's, yeah. you, you do everything else. You're like, I'm doing this for money, but uh, is it worth it? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you know the feeling. <laughs> it's like, is it? Everyone is happy. Bills are paid, but it's like. <laughs> 
And then you see people like yourself on set doing their stuff. You're like, that'll be nice. <laughs> right? It's just like you see those people and you're like, I like what you're doing. All I right. want that too. <laughs> All right. And question for you. How was it like when you started your business and you got your first check? Like when you got paid to do... Yeah, I was magical. I'm like, people pay for this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I yeah. was like, wow, people actually like give me money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because the first few things that we've done, we needed a portfolio. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So we've done them for free. And then we continued doing free things with clients that were somewhat worth it mm-hmm. to get a portfolio. Yeah. Right. Because how else? Yeah. That's, that's. <laughs> and so when we finally got a paying client who ended up being our client for two years yeah. um, and they flew us all over the country, but they were our first client. We were like, wow. <laughs> that, that, that must be. Whew. That was pretty cool. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I would do this for free, but <laughs> honestly, looking back at how much we got paid, I'm just thinking about it, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, by all means necessary, right? <laughs> oh, you're not paying that much? Well, it's, it's the first dollar that counts. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, I mean, now if we were to do the same gig again, mm-hmm. I would be like, oh my god, <laughs> oh, really? and I'm sure, like. Two years from now, if I were to look at now and be like, excuse me, what did you say you would charge for this? Absolutely not. But, you know, like it was just, yeah, like it was our first, you know, like paying clients and it was all official and very adult and we were feeling really cool. (laughs) And and how have you been able to define your value, like to find your own value and know that someone is not underpaying you for your skills and stuff? Um. Yeah, it's a good question. I think it's a question that a lot of freelancers struggle with, mm-hmm. defining your value. And at the end of the day, it's all about how much do you value yourself mm-hmm. and your time, right? Because there's this like t-shirt that I saw, like some electrician had on and it said, you're not paying for my time, you're paying for my experience. Mm-hmm. So early on in your career, it's really easy not to have a good value for yourself just because you haven't done it for long enough, but doing it over and over again and seeing the difference in your quality of work and seeing the difference in the size of your clients helps build confidence and value for yourself so that eventually you, you know, you charge what you think you deserve. And it's always a good experience to chat with other people about how much did they charge Mm -hmm. especially i find that talking to anyone who's a professional in the industry they're always willing to help and they're always willing to share their knowledge and advice and just asking those professionals hey like how much do you charge for this Mm -hmm. and most of the time they will actually tell you and comparing that to how much you charge people and then maybe comparing your work Mm-hmm. And realizing like, oh, I can actually be charging more because you know what? I think I'm pretty good now that I know this. So I find that it's just, it's, it's a, it's a combo of time experience and just like checking in with other people, right? Just checking how much do you make? Facts, facts. Is there a question that I didn't ask you today? No, man. Like, I feel like these <laughs> go for like 80 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I should, like we covered a lot of topics. Yeah, I try. I try. I should, I should be a therapist, people. 
let me know in the comment section. <laughs> I should go to work. Maybe. But, no. No? I'd rather talk about business than life issues because... Yeah, those are tough. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think for me, the problem is how do you turn it off? Because like, if I talk to you, like we've spoken about it, I'll think about all this. Like last time you said lights, that was the only thing on my head. Like, okay. Oh no, I'm sorry. But now you have lights. <laughs> now I have lights. So it's, it's easier with business because I can apply it. But if it was someone's life story, then it's like, okay, uh, what about my life? Okay. How? Oh, so yeah. I have that type of brain which doesn't know when to shut off. It just keeps. Yeah, I I guess that's so admirable how therapists can do that, right? Like oh, yeah, they can yeah, just yeah. do their job. Obviously, they're concerned. Oh, yeah, but yeah. then they're just like, "All right, well, that was my day." <laughs> Turn it off. Go home. <laughs> I, I don't think they can. I bro. don't think they do, <laughs> but I think yeah. they're capable of just like pausing it. <laughs> Um, I had a friend who was a therapist, so say you argue, say you want to watch Squid Games and the other person wants to watch, I don't know, Venom. In the middle of that argument, she would then go, so why do you really want to watch Venom? Is it? Is, like, huh? <laughs> 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 I'm just, I just want to watch. <laughs> and she, she starts to, oh, okay, you know what? Thank you. We'll watch you. Whatever you we'll do, whatever you want to do, because every conversation ends up being a psychoanalysis. But, yeah, I guess that's kind of tough for them, right? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah. Ignorance is bliss, right? For for us, <laughs> for us. <laughs> I mean, if you work in film, I feel like this is film or entertainment industry in general. I think it's the most stressful, but also it's like, eh. it takes it, a special kind of person. Yeah, for sure. But it's like it's not. Like they're doctors, and then <laughs> there's background. Like yo, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what what stress do you want? I'm not. I don't think I. I'll never be a doctor because <laughs> the things they get to see. Like I've been to the hospital. Yeah. Someone's in a crash. You're like, okay. Yeah, cannot do that. No, cannot take that home. But then you go out and make a movie about it. Oh yeah, that I can do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, any last words for the people? Um comment on this podcast and this video mm-hmm. uh, like it subscribe yeah. and show some love and tell your friends about it okay you had, you had the lady let's <laughs> say thank you maria thank you appreciate you for coming back i have the other one but it's not coming out i'm sorry people. <gasps> it's not coming out <laughs> it'll come out 10 years from now oh man all right <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be like Looking back, look where I started from when I when I'm drinking when when I finally interviewed Joe Rogan, <laughs> comparing where we started from. <laughs> anyway, I believe in you. <laughs> thank you, guys. Uh, see you next week. Thank you.